street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Right on the threshold, isn't it? I didn't look that up. Good morning. How are you? Good. You must have questions for me. I, I do have lots of questions. Yeah. yeah. What can <laughs> I answer for you? Do you have answers? Oh, I thought you were doing a poll. Oh. Of course. Well, I have, I a... have answers to the universe. What do you want to know? Ooh. <laughs> can we chat for five minutes? His I'll name time is it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> can we do a five-minute interview? What for? I have a hobby where I'm doing something called street epistemology, uh-huh. and I'm going to turn this way because the garbage the truck, sun. or that bus, well, there you go. Uh, thank you. So I'm doing this thing where I talk to a stranger, uh-huh. we select something that you're sure is true, Okay. and I start asking questions to yeah. gently challenge how you could be so sure. You know, I don't do well with stuff like that. Really? I really don't. That's fine. That's you fine. You know, I appreciate it so much, and I wish I did a better job of it. <laughs> and I've asked the Lord to help me, but I, for mm. some reason, I'm just not able to do that so well. That's I end fine. up just getting panicky. Oh, okay. Well, I, yeah, I certainly don't <laughs> so, want to make you uncomfortable. But I appreciate, you know, I appreciate you understanding. Absolutely, yeah. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, and yet, Because what I would want to talk about is my faith. Sure. That's what I would want to talk about. And I can give you examples of things I've seen mm. and done and had the Lord do for me. Okay. But that would probably be the extent of what I could do to help you. I don't know if that's... Well, what I would end up doing is, is patiently and very respectfully listening to your reasons. Uh-huh. And then I'd like to shift to questioning. Uh-huh. And... I'm, I don't debate with people, honestly. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't want to debate with you. I don't want to argue with you. Uh-huh. This is truly to understand how a person could be so sure that something that they believe really strongly yeah, is true. Yeah. And if it makes you feel any more comfortable, um, well, I do like to record this. I know that's going to be what I like. But if you want, I can just go audio only or I can uh-huh. just record just our shoes. <laughs> and I have another camera that I can point at me. So people at least have something to watch. Okay, just a second. All right. Want to give it a go? I'll try it. Okay. If at any point I'm uncomfortable, can I stop? Absolutely. All right. And at any point, uh, at any point, if you, yeah, exactly. If you're uncomfortable, you just say, Anthony. Are you doing this just for the heck of it? I call it a hobby. Okay. I've been doing it for five years, uh-huh. and one of the reasons why I keep doing it is because I absolutely love it, <laughs> and generally, the people that I end up talking to yeah. love it, too. Okay. What is your first name? Cherry, like the blossom. Pleasure to meet you. You're Anthony? Yes. Nice to meet you. It's very nice to meet you. We generally talk about all sorts of different beliefs, but uh-huh. I like I like it when the person selects the belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, karma comes up, ghosts. Sure. There are lots of things out. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But we can definitely examine this God, the God belief that you have. Mm-hmm. Have you ever asked yourself how you could be so sure that it's actually true? Yes. 
Okay. I have. Of course, everyone does that, I think, in the beginning. Mm. Yeah. When you were contemplating talking to me just now, mm-hmm. do you mind if I ask what you were thinking? Or were you asking the God right now, at that point, if you should do it? Or I was were... asking the Lord if I had his permission. Mm-hmm. 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 Sure. Did you receive an answer? I did. Okay. And the words were, I will guide you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe that that was the God conversing with that you? That is the Lord talking to me, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there's not an explanation. Okay. <laughs> You can't have an exclamation. I don't know why point. I put that I in there. <laughs> okay. He doesn't care. He's big enough for an exclamation. Okay, point. okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Can you tell me a little bit about how you're so sure that you're conversing with a God and that a God even exists? Because of what He has done in my life, mm. because of what I've seen, and because of what He has done through me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have a really vivid example? Uh, maybe your best mm-hmm. example that you. Would... I have. I have a lot, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you one. Okay. Or I can tell you two. I'll tell you two. These examples go on for a while. Skip ahead to the 12 minute and 30 second mark if you don't want to hear all of her reasons. Sure, please. And this is. And now I became a Christian in 1976. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago. Mm. Okay. So, and I was. A, um, 47 to 76, whatever that is, 29 years old, 28, I don't know, anyway, whatever the math is, okay. you can do it in your okay. head, you're a guy. I'm so right-brained, I'm an artist, I'm very right-brained, mm. so I don't think in terms of numbers. But okay. um, two different examples. Number one, um, I went on a mission trip to Mozambique mm. with a company or a, a, a mission um, field called Iris, and I have supported Iris for years, and if you want to do some fascinating reading, look up Heidi Baker in Iris Ministries, okay. knock your socks off. Okay. But anyway, so, <clears throat> as I was having lunch one time with Heidi, and it told her I'd always wanted to do a mission trip, she said, well, you should come to Pimba, and then when she found out I was an artist, she said, you can teach art to the orphans in our school, so I did mm. all of that, okay, mm. and I can't tell you all the encounters that I had with people that cemented my faith but for people that don't believe in God and don't believe in Jesus when the Lord was on earth Anthony he did a lot of miracles a lot of healings a lot of raising from the dead because that was something that people could see with their eyes and they would believe and then they would believe that he was who he said he was well whether you are aware of it or not that goes on today all the time. Not so much in the United States. Miracles. Mm. And I'm about to tell you one (laughs) that I was personally involved with. Please. We went out into the bush and went to a village where most of the villagers were not Christian. Okay. And after Heidi preached the gospel to them and we uh, loved on them is the best way to say it. After we loved on them, the next morning we had a church service and people came to that and then from there we went out with an interpreter that spoke Maputo and we went to different places in the village. It was a fairly large village, not large by United States standards, but fairly large. And we would walk along and ask people if we could pray for them. 
And some of them would say yes. Very few of them said no. Mm -hmm. Although the dominant religion in the village was Muslim. Okay. Just so you know. So there's this blind woman there. And so our interpreter asked if we could pray for her. And she said, oh, yes. And so we gathered around her, laid our hands on her, and prayed over her. And the Lord blessed her with her sight. This woman got her sight back after you praying for her? This woman got her sight back. Not only that, she had her little grandchild run and get her friend who was older than she was and blind Mm -hmm. and had her come and sit on the mats and we laid our hands on her and prayed for her and the Lord healed her too. And they could both see. You could see their eyes going from cloudy to to, to clear. Did you witness this firsthand? I was there. I was Mm -hmm. right here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mm -hmm. yes, I witnessed it firsthand. Okay. The week before... A group of high school students had gone out in the bush, and there was a child who had died, and the mother was so distraught. And these teenagers went and sat down with this child, and everybody in the village is moaning and crying and ripping their clothes because they put their hands on this baby and prayed for this child for 45 minutes, and it came back to life. Now, I know that sounds wild to you. You observed this as well? I No, this I did not observe. This okay. was the week before. I got you. But things like this happen all the time. And they happen a lot in countries where people don't have, where people's faith is a little bit more pure than we are here. In the United States, we have so many influences on us. Oh, that can't be. Oh, this. Oh, medical science. Oh, that. When you get a group of people that don't have anything but God, then they relate to God in a different way. Hmm. But I have, uh, then I'll give you another example. I had really bad arthritis in my hands, mm-hmm. all right? And um, I was familiar with what they call healing ministries because my daughter had uh, suffered from um, various illnesses and had been involved in healing ministry and had had, had a lot of um, healing from it. So I had really bad arthritis in my hands, and I wanted to find a church that had a healing ministry. And I was living in Austin at the time. So I looked it up, and I went to this church. And what happens when you have a healing ministry, when a church has a healing ministry, is you walk in, you sit down, you fill out a paper as to what you want to be, you know, what you're there for, and then you wait, and then they will call you in, and a group of people will pray over you. Okay, well, I had arthritis so badly that I was taking up to six Advil a day for my sons, okay? Mm-hmm. So I didn't go there to be healed. In fact, when I sat down, I thought, Lord, what am I gonna do? I don't I don't have anything I need to be healed for. I just wanna see what this healing ministry is about and see if this is a church I wanna call a church home. Mm-hmm. So then immediately my thumb started hurting. So I thought, aha, I'm going to write down arthritis. Gotcha. So I did, and I sat there, and my thumbs were hurting while they prayed over me, and they prayed over me, and they told me that the Lord had healed me and that if my thumbs began to hurt any more, that I should claim my healing. That's a word in healing circles that sounds kind of woo-woo, but it's just, it's admitting that you have been healed, okay? Because I believe... When you, okay, so just so I understand, mm-hmm. uh, you were instructed to claim... Claim my healing. Claim your healing after you started recognizing that your arthritis was going away in your thumbs? No, it, right afterwards, right afterwards, they okay. said, now, how do they feel? And they did feel better. And mm. they said, if they start to hurt, claim your healing, all right? Okay. So as I walked out of there, I thought, well, you know, they do feel a little bit better. And over a period of about three days, I had no arthritis in my thumbs at all and have not had since. 
Now that's mm. a personal mm. experience. Okay, that's a good Third one. Third and last one. I'm from Rockport, Texas. And Harvey came and sat over my house and destroyed it. Okay? Mm, sorry to hear that. Oh, that's all right. You know, God built it once, he'll do it again. And I'm a lot luckier than a lot of people. So many people down there have nothing. No home, no money, no place to go. So mm. I'm really blessed. But I found out I had to move out three days after Harvey, okay? And uh, that was on a Friday. And so I got a moving company on Friday afternoon. On Saturday morning, the head of Iris, who's um, he's the head of the mission trips for Iris Ministries. Iris Ministries is all over the world. Hmm. You really... It's called Iris, like the Iris, I? Iris, I-R-I-S. The... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. You know, another book you need to read, I think, is called Behind the Veil. Read okay. that. Well, what I'm really interested in is is how, and I thank you so much for sharing these examples. Uh-huh. I'm really interested in how you're determining that it was your God that was responsible for it. Because um, I believe, right, that there are only two forces in the world, good and evil. God is love and he is all good. Okay, so everything that happens to me is from the Lord, and He speaks to me. Everything that's good that good happens that to you? Good that happens to me. Okay, yeah, okay. It's from the Lord. And I'll give you one more example. If you don't mind, I think i got yeah. plenty. But let's say, you know, let's say you're heading home uh-huh. in your car, and you were to get in an accident. Mm-hmm. Would you consider that a bad thing? Well, I wouldn't consider it a good thing, because in the world that God created, there was no evil. Okay? And well, car wrecks okay. are not good. Car, Can you say that a car wreck is good? Would you say your car wreck is good? Oh, if I met my future wife, maybe. like That might, that be. might be a good result from the wreck, <laughs> right? right? Right, But not the wreck. So uh, when something bad were to happen to you, you yeah. wouldn't say that that was the God that had, that had anything oh, to no. do with it. It's God, only w- can't, God can't. He cannot send bad things. When people say, oh, God gave me cancer so I could learn this, this, and this. No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus says that he came to heal all of our diseases and forgive sins, to heal everything, to make everything good. Okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, when you observe or experience good things, mm-hmm. you say that that's the God that did it. And yet, if you were to experience a bad thing, you wouldn't say that God had anything to do with that. No, he can't. It's not in his character. It's not in his character. You say that it's the God, but how do you actually know that it is? Just because it's a good thing? Because I just know in my heart. Because he has spoken to me in my heart. And because I just, I believe it, and I know it for, you know, I know it for a fact. I believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. So when I read the Bible, there are life lessons in there for me. Now, a lot of people don't feel that way, but look at what the Bible's been through the last 2,000 years, and nobody's been able to destroy it. So because the Bible has been around for a long time and it's withstood the test of time, it's more likely to be a source of truth? Well, not only because of that, but because of the archaeological discoveries that they are finding that back it up and the Mm. writings of the time not associated with Christianity that back up what it says. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, Because there are other books and historical references to things that are happening in the Bible, uh, it's more likely that the things that are in the Bible are true? Well, if they they confirm it, Mm. I would say, yeah, Mm. Mm -hmm, absolutely. 
if somebody who lived at the same time that certain events were going on confirmed the events that are written in the Bible, mm -hmm. then I would say that's a pretty good reference. Mm. Yeah. Are you willing to use that same criteria for every type of holy text other than the Bible? For example, I'm thinking like uh, the Quran might have mm -hmm. references and other historical references back it up, or the Bhagavad Gita. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you have to compare them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to compare them. And in my opinion, you know, what little I have done, and I haven't done a lot, but what little I have done, they don't hold up as true. Mm. Um, Do you think somebody who really read the Quran and observed good things happening in their life mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, would be chalking it up to a completely different God and be just as sure that it's true? Probably so. Mm -hmm. Probably mm -hmm. so. We are given and can be judged only by the experiences that we have. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't had experiences, mm -hmm. you can't, you know, you can't know them, you can't judge them, which is why Christians want everybody to know about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think it's difficult when you have a book like the Quran that um, doesn't have the good at man of mankind at heart. Is, is that a right way to say it? <laughs> Do you think a Muslim who, who has accepted that book, though, as a source of truth mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would be able to find the good in that book? Well, they might. Well, now when Muhammad was, you know, when Muhammad originally started, he was a very peaceful, loving man. All right, his writings were very universally peaceful and loving. And over time, they became more militant, more writings about how he wanted the whole world to practice his religion. And if they didn't. If they didn't, then mm. they would either be killed or whatever, or whatever, or whatever. So it became more violent. So I think if a person studies the Quran from beginning to end, mm -hmm. I don't know how someone can say that their God is loving if he wants to kill everybody that doesn't accept their law. I guess what I'm trying to understand, maybe at a more fundamental level, is if a person were to have read that book and believes that that book is speaking to them to their heart. Mm -hmm and they see that as a source of truth. And then when they observe good things, mm -hmm. well, it's just confirmation that it's their God that's doing it. Well, that is probably correct. I mean, how would they know anything else? How would they know anything else? Do I believe that it's correct? No, I don't. Do I believe that they're exposed to Christianity, that they will continue to not see the fallacy in their religion? Mm -hmm. No, I do not. There are many, 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 many Muslims who have become Christians. You know, I'm wondering, how do you think a Muslim who has really read the book and bought into mm -hmm, it and they mm -hmm. see the good things that are happening and the book is speaking to them mm -hmm. and they think it's a source of truth, what do you think that person would say to an individual who is believing in a completely different book and a completely different God? What would they say according to Quran? No, no, no. What, what do you think that they would say about other people who believe in completely different gods other than theirs? They need to believe in theirs or they'll be killed. I mean, it's plain as day. They would want you to believe in their god. To believe in their god or be killed. Am I going to kill somebody if they don't believe in Christianity? No, I'm going to love them to death. I'm going to love them radically. Are you saying that your belief is more believable because it has a good message? I don't know if it's more believable, but it is the, the message that I am to share. Mm. Is it believable to somebody who uh, 
wants world domination. I'm not saying that all Muslims are that way because mm -hmm. they're not. There are a good many Muslims that are really good people that don't really know what the Quran says, mm -hmm. that haven't studied the later right. writings. Okay? But if you read what it says and you study what it says, you can't have any other option. There have been many Muslims, and I've known several who said, oh my gosh, you know, oh my gosh, when they figure out what it really says. Yeah, I'm not so much interested in the content of these books mm -hmm. as I am in how people are so sure that they're true. Okay, it's called faith. Mm. Mm -hmm. Can you see the air? No, you can't see the air. You know it's there. Could we demonstrate the air in some way? Could you demonstrate the air? Mm -hmm. You demonstrate it by breathing it and staying alive, and that's what my faith does for me. Can we demonstrate what you mean by faith? Can we demonstrate how how yeah. faith is relevant to this to coming to believe that it's true? I don't understand the question. Yeah, it's a little confusing. So, <laughs> you, you mentioned faith. <laughs> faith is, is believing in things that you can't see and you can't feel and you can't touch, but knowing that they are true. Believing in something that you can't see, feel, or touch, but knowing that they're true? Mm -hmm. it's, it's believing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not a... That's certainly not a biblical definition, and it's not a dictionary definition. Is it your definition? It's my definition. Okay, we can roll with that. <laughs> if you didn't have faith uh -huh. to be confident that your book is true and, uh -huh. and these experiences that you had were actually your God, uh -huh. where would that move you in terms of your certainty if you didn't have faith at your disposal? Well, it... it that, you, that question can't even be asked because the only way that you can come to God is through faith. Mm -hmm. You can't come to Him any other way. I can't come to Him through good works. I can be the best person on earth, but that's not what Christianity is about. It is faith in what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. That gives me access to God. If you didn't have faith at your disposal, I think what you're saying is that a person wouldn't be able to say that they knew God without faith. You know, people can say anything, but if a person believes in the Lord, mm -hmm. then he has faith. I mean, it just it just oh. goes together. If I just believe in the Lord, mm -hmm. then I have faith to know that He's real. If you truly believe. If you're just saying it, no. But if that is what you truly believe, then He will give you, the Holy Spirit will give you what you need, the faith that you need. What I think you're saying, and if this is not what you're saying, Cherry, please let me know. I will. Um, but what it sounds like you're saying is that a person can use faith and truly believe, if they truly believe in something using faith, well, no, no, you don't use faith. Faith is a result of your belief. It's, it's kind of the other way around. I believe in God. I know that He exists. That gives me faith in Him. I thought we were saying that somebody would have to have faith in order to believe in the God, that it was a requirement. Well, we, we may have said that. But I it sounds like you're saying it's... said that. 
uh, and I probably agree, but basically, mm. um, when you go on a search, or when the you know when you have a searching heart, or you want to know God, and you find Him, faith is a result of that. Faith is the outcome once you believe in the God. Well, that's the way I. That's the way it is for mm. me. I always mm. knew that God existed. I went to church. I did all that stuff, but it wasn't until I just was flooded with his presence that my faith became a vital part of my everyday okay maybe this is the last question i won't hold you up too long that's okay it's kind of interesting yeah and then i'm going to ask you a question sure sure mm -hmm. so it sounds like what you're saying is that One believes in the God first, and then they're then they they have this gift of faith, faith or something. Is, you know, it's, it is uh, it is what happens. It just it mm. is just a natural outgrowth of believing and worshiping a God. I think every a person doesn't use faith first to come to the belief. They're they actually can. getting it later. I think, I, you know, I think they can, but if a person has never... Okay, let's think about this. If you were sure. one of these villagers, you know, that, that in Maputo that never heard of God, and then you hear of God, then your faith would grow. You couldn't have faith in a God you never heard of, could you? That's a good question. I'm wondering if somebody could could use faith and believe in something that they can't see and just truly believe that Allah is real. Could a person use faith to conclude that a different God than yours is real? Anybody could use faith for anything. Faith is not limited to the Christian religion. People mm. have faith in materialism. They have faith in, mm. you know, possessions. They have faith in anything. Why would anyone want to use faith if it could lead them to any conclusion? I don't think people consciously think they're using faith. I don't think people think I'm going to have faith in this, but it's whatever you put your value on, whatever you, you know, whatever you believe and whatever you put your value on. For me, now you remember you're talking to an artist. Mm -hmm. Doesn't use words or numbers real well. I think you're doing a fabulous job. <laughs> One last question, then you can yeah. ask me anything you want. Um, <clears throat> is it at all possible? that a person such as yourself who's had these experiences and believes in this book and believes in this God and and faith is a component to this mm -hmm. is it at all possible in the slightest manner that the faith that you're using has led you to the incorrect conclusion nope that's how sure I am Andrew no it's not possible too many too many experiences, too many words, too many happenings, too many people in my life that God has put there for a reason. Can I ask one little follow-up? Yeah. Okay. One is more than one to you, isn't it? I guess so. I have a horrible <laughs> habit of asking more questions. I don't care. My hands are very, you're very warm. I have a warm heart. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, I'm so oh. sorry. Oh, you got it? Okay. I may not get up, Thank but you. I got down. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't a person who's using faith and arrived at a completely different God mm -hmm. tell me that they are just as certain and that their belief is warming their hearts? 
I would think so, but again, the, using faith is that kind of bothers me. Mm. That phrase, using faith, okay, has faith that what they believe is as real as what I believe. Probably they would, and you know, again, that's why I told you when you have something and it's so wonderful and it's so good and it makes your life so easy you want other people to have it you want everybody you know to have what you have do other religions feel that way maybe they do maybe they do so i don't know many um i can't say that no i don't know i mean maybe they do Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Now, that was lovely. <laughs> Let me ask you yes, a question. Yes, please. May I pray for you? Do you think you would get some benefit from it? or? Might, yeah. How do you... I'm kind of curious. I, I, just just to be completely polite with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more interested in, in how you think that the prayer would actually... How you could tell that the prayer actually worked. I, I, you know, it's not up to me for it to work. Hmm. That's not my responsibility. Okay. That's God. You got a little bit right there. So if it's all the same, I think maybe I'll just pass on that. All right. But feel free to do that on you know afterwards. I'm gonna type you. I'm walking away from here, Andrew. <laughs> Anthony. But I mean Anthony. That's okay. That's okay. I'm gonna pray, Lord, just knocks your socks off, Lord, because mm. He loves you. And how would one be able to tell? How would oh. I? How would I be able to tell that your prayer affected me? You know, uh, how do we know anything? How do you know anything? If if, if I, I pray for you and you and it and you know and it moves your heart, mm-hmm. you'll know. You you'll just know. Would I have to employ faith in order to know that your prayer was influencing me? You would have to employ whatever the Lord decided that you needed. It's not up to me. Mm. Whatever He decided that you okay. needed, that's what He'd give you. Well, I can tell that this belief is important to you, and that <laughs> you believe it, and I appreciate the sentiment of wanting to pray for me. No you know, what I'm wondering though is if I'm kind of wondering if the next person I interview happens to be a Muslim, mm-hmm. and we have a similar conversation, and they yeah. even mention faith, for example, uh-huh. and then at the end they ask if they could say a prayer to Allah for me. Uh-huh. It would really be interesting because now it would really be in a quandary to figure out. Now, was that Cherry or was that was that Abdul's <laughs> prayer that that helped me well, there? Well, you know what? God answers all those kinds of questions for us, and He loves it when we question Him. He's not mm. afraid, and He's mm. big enough to answer the questions. So you just ask Him; He'll tell you. Do you ever question? Question God? Question the belief that you have about the God? Not anymore. In the beginning, I think we do because we're learning and mm. we're trying to become uh, what we love. I mean, you know, we don't, I don't... You don't question it at all? You, you're so convinced at this point that it's true that you don't even oh, question it? Oh, there's been it? so many things in my life. Mm. I mean, I know believable, honest people who've seen the dead rise. I, mm. I, I've, you know, I've seen people with cancer, cancer-free. Mm. God is a healing, loving, positive force. Thank you for your time. God bless you. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Let me give. Did I give you one of my cards? No. <laughs> it just says it's got my email on it. Okay. And how did you feel about the talk? It was good. You were very. Okay, but it doesn't have your name on it. Let me write it on the back. Yeah. Just. How can I pray for somebody when I don't know their whole name? Do you need the name? <laughs> no. Does it make it more effective? No, not at all. But I just want to remember you. Anthony. 
Because nothing, I don't think anything just happens. Mm. I think you are a little divine appointment for me today. Do you know, it's interesting, you. I'm just about, today I'm going to release a video where the guy actually wanted his face to be. If you email me, I'll send you the link to my channel. Okay. And uh, it's, a, it's a talk with a guy who thinks that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't mention a higher power. Mm -hmm. I think he just thinks that mm -hmm. it's the universe that's doing that. And that's how a lot of people yeah. feel. Yeah. Well, well, God bless you, and you have a blessed day. Thanks, Cherry. Bye. Bye. Well, that's like concession at the end that maybe people of other religions feel the same way. May have been the best that I could have hoped for with somebody that dug in. You know, it really saddens me to see people who have reached the point where they have stopped questioning their deeply held beliefs. I realize that her explanation of those experiences ran a little long. I'll add some wording so that people can skip past that section if they want. But if you recall, I did assure her that I would listen to those, although I had to eventually cap it saying something like, I think we have enough examples now. I'll also have to remember this conversation the next time I hear an apologist warn others not to participate in street epistemology. I mean, according to this individual, Jesus approved. They're going to get twisted into fits about that one. You may have also noticed that I chose a Muslim for the outsider test for faith because that was the dominant religion of the village that she went to. This goes to show how important it is to listen intently to your interlocutor. Sadly, she just brushed off Islam because she didn't like its message. She didn't want to seem to grasp the point that these people think that their claim is true, just like she thinks that her claim is true. And yet, she was so enamored with her own religion's message that she seemed to miss the point, intentionally or otherwise. The big thing that stands out to me, however, was when she said something like, the only way that you can come to God is through faith which suggested to me that one needs to have faith before they can be confident that a God exists. And then Cherry backed off on that and placed faith after the belief is formed. This point should not be lost. I mean, let, let's think about this. If you're forming the belief first, possibly without evidence, and then slapping on faith to what? Maintain the belief? That might be even worse than using it to form the belief in the first place. I mean, she switched it. She does a freaking 180 before it was required to believe then faith is something that you get after you believe. Now, perhaps she was confused, but she struck me as a sharp lady, and it's possible that she detected the liability that faith has and then shifted things around to avoid the disconnect. This, my friends, is how you can defeat street epistemology, and I speak to this a little bit in my talk to Chicago Atheist Society. I'll include a link. If you're gonna play word games and move things around to prevent it from examination, then we're not gonna make a lot of progress. In short, if you cannot be honest with yourself and your facilitator, you will be able to circumvent the effectiveness of SE. So to all the believers who are listening to this, ask yourself, how could you live with that? How could you be so tied to a belief that you would jump through hoops to avoid honestly examining the epistemology? If your belief was really true, shouldn't you be honestly open to examining that belief? The talk concluded with Cherry asking if she could pray for me, and I declined her request as politely as I could. I've learned early on that it's a good idea to not participate in things like that, particularly if it's not clear if their belief is true. 
While I'm not sure if this conversation will have a lasting impact with her, perhaps she'll share this conversation with other people in her circle and it could gain some traction. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.